Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the MLS Multiplex Podcast with contributors from MLSMultiplex.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the MLS Multiplex Podcast. As always, it is Drew here with Josh and Connor catching you up on a wild, wild triply wild week of major league soccer because we actually had soccer games on this past week some are going on right now i think colorado rapids are playing right now so we have soccer going on right now we have more soccer coming on later tonight as we are recording this on thursday seattle is playing somebody so concaf champions league transfers are still happening and the season is about single digits away nine eight days away something like that so we are so so close to being done with off-season shenanigans so thanks again for tuning in as always as we get you caught up on the last week and while mls has been going on our lives have been going on between getting john collins jerseys i don't think connor got a john collins jersey but i assume school is going on for you connor so how has your non-john collins school life been treating you for the past week yeah, still going, uh, grinding away. I don't know. This semester's been to this point a lot easier than past semesters because I'm only taking four courses because I did a course last spring to lighten my workload this semester. Um, got reading week next week, so I'm off next week, uh, which is good. Doesn't feel like it's already been that long, but here we are. Uh, paying a lot of attention to the Olympics because the Olympics are great. Uh, Canada beat the U.S. as we're recording this last night in women's hockey because Canada are the best hockey country in the world. Um, so that was great. We'll ignore the men's side of things. <laughs> but, we should not. They both suck, but at least the U.S. won that one. What? Oh, yeah. The U.S. beat Canada, but they're both bad because they both lost in the first round. Very upset about that. They both lost in the quarterfinals. Uh, that wasn't good. But the women's, we did well, so I'm happy. Um, yeah, not much else. Family day weekend this weekend, and it was Valentine's day this week. So happy Valentine's day to anybody who's listening to this. And yeah, that's it. Uh, Josh, you got a John Collins Jersey. He wasn't traded. How was, did I get a John's Collins Jersey? Yeah. Didn't you get a John Collins Jersey? (laughs) Yes. No, I'm just, Oh, it's all, it's all we've talked about on this podcast for the last three weeks. Yes, because that's as he's wearing about. his jersey. Yeah, no, I mean, I had to, I had to. Once, once we finally got it. Now it's funny. I, I got it from my aunt and uncle on Sunday, and before it came into my possession, the Hawks were taking care of the Celtics, and then after it came into my possession, they promptly blew it to the Celtics and lost. Uh, but they have won the last totally two games. Related, right? Yeah. No, absolutely. 
if there was a, a graph, a timeline, you would see the exact moment when I got the jersey and they started sucking. No, but um, yeah, that was that was obviously a big thing this week. Um, I'm trying to think what else has happened. Just just more work. NASCAR is coming back this upcoming weekend, so I'm excited about that. Oh, the Super Bowl happened. I mean, that's kind of a kind of a big deal. Don't yeah, don't act like don't act like it's not. Uh, Rams won, obviously. Congrats to Georgia Bulldog, Matt Stafford, and other dogs, Sony Michelle and Leonard Floyd. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I feel like I had something else that happened that I was going to mention, but maybe it'll come back to me. Another another typical week. What did you guys think of the I'm, halftime show? It was awesome. I missed it. You idiot. How? Uh, it was so I good. Had, I had to get on a conference call for the group I teach on the weekends. We meet on Sunday nights. Um, and yes, it was the Super Bowl, and that was my argument. However, uh, we kind of failed. We did not have proper staffing over the weekend, uh, and that was on us. So I guess that was our punishment, was we had to do a conference call uh, during, during the halftime show. So I accept my punishment. It's fine. I, I I heard it. I was at a at a party and I could hear it downstairs, the halftime show. And it sounded really awesome. And it sounded like I really would have really enjoyed it if I was watching it, but oh well. Drew, what about you? How was your week? Yes, the week has been pretty chill. Football is officially over until a couple more months. Um, so that's nice. Not to worry about football. Now I get to focus all my attention on baseball coming back, which is a horrible, horrible thing to keep up with the news as Ooh, we miss Very baseball. bold of you to assume it's coming back. <laughs> I think Braves going to be world best. champions forever. <laughs> Repeat. It's like Atlanta United with the U.S. Open Cup. Um, so, yeah, that's been going on. Super Bowl was fun. Um, I have been... So my highlight of the Super Bowl, I was pulling for the Bengals because of my best friend, Sam Hubbard, who I have no relation to, but I bought his jersey and now he's my favorite player. But um, in the show, in the game, they showed the um, Lord of the Rings Amazon show that's coming out in a couple of months. So for the past week, I've just been like revisiting old Lord of the Rings content, getting ready for it. So I'm super excited about that. Kind of nervous, but kind of excited about that. So it has been a lot of news following about baseball lord of the rings content following um soccer is coming back so that is exciting yeah it's been a pretty chill week as always um the u.s women's national team plays tonight they play the czech republic at 11 p.m because soccer just can't happen on normal times apparently after i stayed up to watch canada beat the u.s in hockey i have to stay up again to hopefully watch the u.s women beat the czech by like 15 goals or something to get my confidence back after that olympic performance so it's been a good week. It's been a busy week. Um, as MLS gets close to coming back, we have a lot to talk about, both from predictions as we make our Western Conference predictions next week. We'll make our Eastern Conference predictions. But even as we get ready for the season, we are having some transfers that are still happening. So we're going to take a dive in our favorite part. I want to jump in for one second. I quickly ask Josh, you saw Drive to Survive is coming out. March yes. 11th. Yeah. yeah, so that's coming out. And there's also a Lakers TV show that's coming out on HBO Max being done by the same guy who did Talladega Nights, Anchorman, every Will Ferrell movie you can think of. Uh, and he also did Succession and Don't Look Up and a couple other really good movies that I like. So he's coming out with a Los Angeles Lakers TV show about when 
the buses bought the Lakers back in the seventies. So that's coming out in March. Drive to Survive. Uh, the next Marvel show is coming out in March. All the good stuff is coming next month. So I'm I'm super excited. And Space Force tomorrow night. I'm very excited. I don't know why I like that show. I love that show. Uh, so I'm very excited for that. But yes, let's talk MLS transfers and stuff after I rudely cut off Drew. Um, I'm going. To, I'm going to save you because I rudely cut you off and not make you say this guy's first name. I will take that trade any day of the week. That's, Go for that's it. the easier part of the name. The first name's the not, easiest one. I meant the first point. The first point, uh, <laughs> specifically relating to SKC, who acquired Nikola Vujinovic on a season-long loan. I definitely said that wrong. Uh, they have an option to buy at the end of the season. I don't know where he came from. I don't know if he's good. I don't know even if he will be a starter. Uh, I was trying to find a rhyme there, but there was nothing there. <coughs> Josh, you probably know something around a random European guy. No, Drew, do you know anything about a random European guy? He's, you know, he's a Polito replacement and he's played, he's from Montenegro, I think is a country. He's played a couple of times with his right. national team. Uh as, as far as the press release, I think it's just a Polito replacement because he was it back in January. It came out. They'll probably miss the rest of the season. So I think it's just a replacement for him. And I saw his highlight video and it was playing Old Town Road the entire time as he was scoring bangers. So <laughs> I love that's him. That's all I know way. about him. <laughs> New favorite player jerseys on the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's legendary. Also, I didn't mention this. It's currently insanely snowing in Toronto. It melted like everything yesterday and over the next like 24 hours we're supposed to get like 10 to 12 20 centimeters of snow. Yeah, it's a lot of snow. So I'm watching it slowly pile up on the roofs outside my window. It's great. Uh it's like 60 degrees here. It's weirdly and warm here. And it's raining. disgusting. It does feel really gross outside. <laughs> Fair enough. I think that's everywhere. So, somewhere else really gross because their team sucks. Chicago, uh, they're very close to a deal uh, with Jairo Torres. I definitely said that wrong. It's probably Jairo Torres. Uh, no, I think you're right. It is Jairo. There we go. Uh, well, from, uh, no, cannot confirm officially. I, I'm just saying I think you're right. I don't want to be like for sure because, yeah, Torres. Uh, which you know, there's not like there's any other ones of those in the league. Uh, is close to joining from Atlas. They've affiched, they've reached an official agreement. <laughs> uh, no, they've reached an agreement, but it's not official. I'm struggling. Uh, we don't know what the fee is. He's 21, so I assume he's going to be a U22 signing. Saul so in the press release, he's going to be a young DP, okay. which I think is something different. But that it was my different. first question, too. But he's a young DP. I think it's like, obviously, like you said, it's not official. But I think Tom, Paul Tenorio might have reported it. I don't know. But I think he's going to be a young DP, not a U22. Interesting. I didn't even know there was a difference between the two. So uh, that tells you how clear and concise MLS rules and all that fun stuff is. Uh, yeah. Speaking of DPs, I think. I just want to. I just want to throw out that this is – could end up being a huge deal. Lots of Liga MX fans are really upset that this player is going to MLS. If that tells you anything about how coveted this player is, 
Also, Atlas just won. Uh, they just won Liga MX in this past season. I can't remember if it was the Apertura or the Clausura, whichever one just happened over winter. And um, I don't know how involved Torres was with Atlas winning Liga MX, but you have to assume a pretty big deal. So this would kind of be a steal from Chicago. That's honestly, it's so exciting to have a player like that. You've just added Shakiri. Um, I already forgot. Is it John Geron, the 17 or 18 year old? Like he just had to turn 18 in order to join them from overseas. So some exciting things happening with Chicago, honestly. Yeah. So hopefully they're not dumpster fire uh, as they always are this season, but Speaking of DPs, Luquinos. Luquinas? Luquinas. I would say it's Luquinas. Luquinas. You see, I'm not Spanish, so giving me the Spanish names. Uh, Brazilian, Portuguese, not even Spanish. Same thing. Uh, No, it's not the same thing. (laughs) Similar languages. Okay, Uh, uh, yeah. Three-year contract with an option for 2025. He's a DP from Legia Warsaw uh, in Poland. Fee is apparently going to be around 3 million euros, which is a fairly sizable amount. Josh, you seem to know who this guy is. No? Again. No, I don't really know anything about we're it. We're killing this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's a DP, and it's good that we see New York Red Bulls continue to sign DPs. That was, That's basically what I was going to say. I, I, I just think it's significant that you see Red Bulls getting a DP and a three-year contract, and for a few million, that's not like them when they do their DPs, it's usually even smaller than that in terms of length of contract and fees and all that stuff. So that, that is important, I think. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Other transfer move. Uh, this sort of came out of nowhere and I didn't really see it rumored anywhere, but San Jose acquired Jaimero Montero out of nowhere. Uh, Philadelphia is going to get 200,000 in GAM and potentially another 250000 in GAM uh, based on certain incenti- uh, incentives. They, oh, they're also getting an international roster spot uh, on top of the GAM, and Montreal will be a DP for San Jose. Why? Just why? Why for what? Both sides. This is a great one. I think both sides, I'm kind of cool with both of it. I like both sides of it. Philadelphia gets an open DP spot. Ontario's going to have to run. I think every time you play for San Jose, you just kind of run around. But like, I looked at San Jose's roster on transfer market, and like that team's pretty good now. Like the roster looks pretty star, like not star set, but they look decent. I don't think they will be decent because of reasons we'll probably get into here soon. But like the roster is pretty good. And Philadelphia, I mean, they're the young talent developing team right and then even in a press release i read their sporting director made it clear that this was just like a time to open up spaces for their young players so against philadelphia dp spot which i guess they only have one left um san jose is kind of full i think they'll be good so i think i like this on both ends of it i think philadelphia has space to kind of make some noise in the transfer market but i still think san jose is gonna be pretty bad even though the team should be good I don't yeah, I like okay. <laughs> I was gonna say I like this move too. Uh I mean Montero's coming from a pressing system in Philly to like Drew said, a place where he's gonna have to run a lot. So that's not gonna be new to him. I do think it's interesting, you know, if it reaches all the incentives, which it probably won't, 
that's less than half a million in GAM. And we've just seen so many moves this offseason for at least a million or more. And this is a designated player. How often do we see designated players traded with an MLS? That like never happens. So I think it's just a sign of Montero. And I've seen this reported that Montero wanted a longer contract. Philly didn't want to give it to him. They tried to move him last summer at the end of the window. It didn't happen. So I think it's just a good move for everybody. Montero clearly wants a change of scenery and he wants that longer term contract. San Jose gets some fresh blood and notable, right? They just picked up a Boba C um, in the summer last year, right? MLS veteran. Uh, I feel like they got another MLS veteran, but I can't think of who it is off the top of my head in this past off season. Um, and, and then here's another one with Montero. So I think it's important to note that, you know, the earthquakes are making a, a very obvious effort to stay within the league now as they build their team. And so that's, that's just interesting to me. Oh, Jan Gregus is another player they added. They also added Francisco Calvo. These aren't necessarily like fantastic players. I do like Gregus a lot. I don't really like Calvo, but the fact that they're staking within the league is definitely a change for them. And I think smart, they're going to need all the help they can get. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think Sienna, I don't like this move very much for San Jose. I think they could use a better DP, but you know, I guess you don't give up very much. And on your 250,000 or less than 500 K in GAM, I think it is notable that they also got an international roster slot because those are going for like, well, 200 or 300 K right now. I think 250. 250. Yeah. Um, so that's not nothing. That's pretty decent for them. Um, which something also decent for a West Coast team, Seattle getting a new training facility. How big do you think this is going to be very quickly? Because we don't need to dive into Seattle's training facility. You guys have seen it, right? Like you've seen the building? No. And I what they're planning I to not do? I have only heard of this. attention to the Olympics. I'm, I have it, no attention to MLS. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Like once we're done recording and, and for those of you listening, like you need to go over to Seattle's Twitter page or their website or whatever. And you need to look at what they've announced. Um, I think what I saw is it's an old Boeing building. And so now it's going to have like floors and floors and floors of office space and things for the training facility. They're going to be building fields there. I think they're going to end up turning it into multi-purpose living as well. Um, and some housing being built there. This is massive. Like this is a massive undertaking. Uh, and so it's just, I love that they're just using something that's already existing and they're taking advantage of that and growing even more. I mean, this is just, Seattle just continues to impress to me. They just do, it's like they can't even make a wrong move at this point. But yeah, you guys should definitely check it out. It, it looks like it's going to be massive for them. Okay, so it was worth talking about. Uh, I was wondering why you typed this in as we were talking. <laughs> it was I figured it would just be a training facility. Interesting. Okay, I'm going to have to definitely look at that because uh, that could be very cool. Could be very cool. Um, but yeah, let's talk some CCL action because actual soccer games happened for the first time since November, December because MLS Cup got pushed back due to COVID. Uh, we don't have, we're not going to dive in every game because two of us haven't watched any of them. Uh, as I said, only watching the Olympics right now. Um, but right now, as we speak, Colorado is playing Communicaciones uh, and Seattle will be playing Montague, 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 
Agua uh, tonight. The Revs advance to the next round by forfeit because Haitian team, I assume this is cavalry and not cavalry. Yes. It's no, it's cavalry. It is cavalry. There's no cavalry? R. Why? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they mess up the spelling or something? I, okay. Uh, <laughs> they move on to the next round because cavalry couldn't get visas, which is a problem. I don't know how they couldn't do that, but they couldn't. And well, New England just advanced. Now, quickly, I want to know in from both of your points of view, is this positive for New England or is it negative because they haven't been in any sort of game action ahead of the next round? I think, I mean, obviously it's in a way positive just because you advance to the next round, but I mean, that's a good point because I mean, we, especially with new England, we saw this and I feel like we talk about this every time in MLS cup playoffs that, you know, having that first round by really doesn't do you any benefits um, because you haven't been playing for so long. Meanwhile, other teams are just getting back at it. So I think that is a good point. Um, I'm currently trying to pull up the bracket right now to see, who they get the winner of um i think it looks yeah so i don't know i think i would say it's a disadvantage just because they have to wait for so long and we've seen this multiple times with teams um getting that first round by i'm sure they've you know played played like scrimmages or friendlies or brought teams in um like small colleges or stuff like that but there's no simulating the real thing when you're playing really good teams like this and especially without certain players that were huge for them last year. Um, yeah. I think this might actually come back and hurt new England in the second round. Josh. Yeah. I'm the same way. I think this is a negative for new England. Uh, basically just like Drew said, I mean, having to go so long and also, you know, how many of these guys have even played in CCL, you know, when's the last time a lot of these guys played in CCL. So even against, some of maybe these smaller teams, um, you know, they, they can be such learning experiences for teams trying to advance. So I definitely think this means a bit of an early exit for New England. They play the winner of Pumas and Saprisa, two teams I feel like we always see in CCL. So that's no, nothing to sneeze at. So this is already hard and now it might just got a 10 times harder. Yeah, they're gone. Uh, <laughs> there is no way they go into those games. Maybe they're fresh. Maybe they're just fresh. Who knows? Uh, I can't see them winning, though. Same way I can't see Montreal beating Santos Laguna. Although they are heading back to Montreal, so maybe the Montreal weather hurts Santos Laguna a little bit. Uh, they lost their first game, one nothing on the road. Montreal did play well, though. Uh, they had a goal called off in the sixth minute from a foul, foul earlier in the play. They really pushed Santos Laguna, and I think it was only like a 94th minute or 92nd minute goal that was like the winner, uh, I think. Or no, it wasn't. It was earlier than that. Uh, it, was, it was like the 90th minute. Okay, yeah. 88th minute. 88th. Close enough. Uh so we'll see what they can do in Montreal. Uh, yeah, it's a good sign for Montreal, though, that they're pushing a team from Mexico that hard this early in the season. 
saying that we saw what TFC did last year. So, you know, it made me nothing. I just want to reiterate that this is the game I saw the, actually this is the only game I watched of the first three so far. Uh, but yeah, Montreal looked fantastic. They, they looked so good and it, it really sucks that they weren't able to come away with a goal or even a couple. They had some fantastic chances. Um, they've, They've got me placing high expectations on them for the season for MLS. I'll say that much. And I, I know it's just one result or it's just one performance, but seriously, the way they looked in that game, I was blown away. Yeah. I watched a little bit of it as well. And they really seemed threatening on the counter. Uh, uh, who was it? Torres speak as we mentioned Torres earlier, Kubo Torres looked insane. Uh, was it not Kubo Torres? Which no. Torres is it? I don't know what his first name is. And apparently he was on their team last year and I didn't even know that. Yes, he was, uh, but he didn't play very much. I think he arrived potentially. He's a number 10 too, which is what's so funny about that. Yeah. I don't think he played very much, um, but he's young, very young. Joaquin he, Torres. Joaquin. There we go. Uh, I told you there's no Torres is an MLS. Um, yeah. I thought he looked really good. I thought one Yama looked pretty good as well. Interestingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he's getting up there in age, so we'll see how long he can continue that form. But yeah, I, I thought they looked good. I think it's promising. Although we said the same thing about TFC last season. So, and they played without Samuel Piet. They played without Alistair Johnson. I mean, the fact that they were doing it without some of their best players was honestly incredible. Georgie Mihailovic, by the way, there were a couple of balls that he played where I just, I, I like made audible noises while I was watching. Yeah, and we'll talk a bit more about them next week. Uh, Mason we'll Toy, it. he's the other one they were missing. Mason Toy, there we go. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about them next week uh, when we do our East preview, but promising signs for their first game. We'll wrap up CCL talk with NYCFC beating Santos de Guapiles uh, 2-0. Cassiano scored twice. I believe one of them was a penalty, correct? I believe so. Yes. Uh, Santiago Rodriguez was sent off in the 68th minute. Couldn't tell you which team he played for. Um, NYCFC. He's plays for NYCFC. Okay. Good to know. Uh, so they'll miss him for the next match, but mentioning Castellanos transfer talk, because that's all that's been surrounding him recently. Uh, NYCFC have reportedly turned down an $11.5 million offer for 50% of Tati Castellanos' rights. I'm really struggling. I don't know why. Uh, From River Plate in Argentina, NYCFC reportedly will not accept less than $13.5 million for 50% of his rights, and River won't go higher than 11.5. So we probably won't see that transfer happening. Although apparently in... Recently, I think we were talking about this earlier. Leeds might be interested in him. Is that true? Yes, there's been some reported interest from Leeds uh, to try and sign him in the summer. Uh, and that really started popping up this past week. But I don't know how concrete it is. He definitely, obviously, I mean, he doesn't have any serious offers or else he probably would have moved by now. But that's been the newest team, uh, especially after the stuff with River Plate, which is not done for the record. There's still a chance he could move to River Plate um, before the window closes because the window is still open here in MLS and it's still open 
down in South America. I don't think it's going to happen because NYCFC are sticking to their valuation. And I'm not sure if River is willing to pay, uh, but that is that is still very much um, a possibility. And then if not, Leeds and probably other teams, depending on how Castellanos plays going into the summer. Yeah, so that'll have to be a summer transfer because the English window is closed, uh, obviously. But we'll have to wait and see what happens in regards to Castellanos. It's one of the more intriguing storylines in MLS uh, this season, and we'll probably prolong for the next at least couple weeks until he secures some sort of, some form of move which he wants. But let's stop talking CCL and let's do our favorite activity here at the MLS Multiplex Podcast, and that is predictions. Josh's favorite segment that we do uh, right uh, right behind fantasy soccer Josh loves this <laughs> yeah. stuff which we will be creating a new league and will potentially be in the description of this episode if you can start one uh, and I remember to start one <laughs> um, so predictions we're doing the western conference this season this season this week we're doing the eastern conference next week after we do predictions, we're going to do a little preview for each team in terms of a player to watch, sort of what their main goal should be, uh, and the biggest sort of storyline for their season uh, this year. How do you guys want to do this? Do we want to go one at a time and then roast each other? Or do we want to go first spot, second spot? How do you want to do this? We can uh, we can hop in if we think anything's egregious. Okay, who wants to go first? I guess that's me. <laughs> Wait, what? No, I thought Drew. It was just me and Drew doing these predictions. Oh, predictions. we're gonna give our right. I'm sorry, I forgot. We're not onto our thing yet. Yeah, yeah. We go have ahead, to Connor. see Connor's horrible takes. Yes, we're gonna do preview. Do you want to do previews first or after? No, no, no. Let's do the predictions first. Okay. Then we can frame our, our previews around. I was getting my wires crossed. <laughs> Got it. Because of, of the way the dock is set up. Yes. Uh, we have all our predictions at the bottom of our dock just to keep it cleaner. Uh, but I guess if I have to go first, I will. I think our first sort of couple will be very similar to each other. Uh, but in first spot, actually, no, we'll start in 15th because we'll work our way to first. Uh, in 15th 14th there it is oh, i am i don't i've said this about eight times already but i am struggling for some reason <laughs> 14th i have houston finishing last i think they're gonna suck again because they always do um and i don't think they've made enough additions to really get out of that bottom spot next up i got austin similar situation as houston i just don't think they're gonna be very good um and they got rid of one of their oh no that was Holland said never mind uh in 12th this one's a bit of a shocker i got minnesota reason being they've lost i believe wad uh i think no, he's, he's still there no he's still there, he's still there. Mm-hmm. who left one of their players uh thomas chacon thomas Chacone. ozzy alonzo okay does, um, does thomas even count no but it's the first player i thought of <laughs> I thought they were losing one player to free agency who was going to test the market. They lost John Gregus too. 
Okay. Lost a couple of midfielders. Him and Alonzo are obviously, you know, consistent players for them, but seems like they're going to rely on Will Trap and uh, Sonny Dotson going forward. They've had a lot of negatives and not a lot of positives. Uh, and, well, one of their players, their best player, may not be able to play this season, depending on how he fares in Argentina because he's being charged with um, things. I can't remember the exact charges, but... Uh, pistol whipped the child. You pistol whipped the child. There we go. Um, allegedly. So, ale- yes, allegedly. Uh, Emmanuel Reynoso pistol whipped a child. <laughs> it's so insane that we say yeah, that. It's, it's not a sentence you never thought you'd ever say. <laughs> no. <laughs> I did not think I'd ever say that, but here we are. So I think they could suck majorly. San Jose... Like they added Montero. That's it. Um, again, I just can't see them doing very well, but I think the other three teams are so bad that they'll just be above them. And I think uh, I'm blanking on the coach's name has thrown in the towel at this point and doesn't give a crap. Um, so yeah, that's San Jose for you. FC Dallas will be very dependent on their new acquisition. In my opinion, coming in at 10th, if uh, that Argentinian kid does really well, I think they could be good. And if Jesus Ferreira does well uh, in sort of a new elevated role, I think they could be very good. But that requires a lot to go right. And I think they've had some pretty big subtractions in Pepe and Hollingshead. So, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough uh, for SG Dallas this season. RSL lost their best player to a team that I'm going to get to later. So that's why they're out of the playoffs and I don't think they're going to do very well again, despite the fact that they did bring back their head coach and now have actual ownership. Uh, But yeah, I can't see them doing very well. Eighth sporting Kansas city missing Polito. I don't think they're going to be very good. Seventh Portland injury issues, losing Valeri. They're getting sort of older. I don't think they're going to do very well again. Uh, but I think they'll barely squeak into the playoffs. LA Galaxy, Greg Vanny's very good. It's going to be very dependent on how well Douglas Costa and Chicharito play this season because if they don't play well, they're in a lot of trouble, especially after losing or trading Leggett to New England. Uh, fifth, I have Colorado. I think losing Kellen Acosta is a big loss, but I still think they could be a pretty solid playoff favorite Vancouver. I have it fourth. I think they're going to continue their good play from last season. I think they're a very solid team. You know, my thoughts on them from last year, LAFC in third self-explanatory Carlos Vela Nashville now in the West in second, very good team. Although they did lose Alistair Johnson. So we'll see how they're able to recover from that. And finally in first winning the shield, I have the Seattle sounders because they're very good and they made some a very big acquisition uh in which rsl player i'm blanking again oh albert rusnak albert rusnak thank you i yeah i'm struggling who's next or actually roast me how bad are my picks um i actually don't hate most of this, uh, I respect you owning your L from last year and sticking Nashville in second since you didn't even think they would make the playoffs, and it's clear that they're one of the better teams in the league. Um, 
other than that, I, I don't disagree too much. I think, yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like you make a pretty, pretty solid argument for all of this. Um, that's all I got. My Wait. biggest, my biggest Seat- pet peeve is. Sorry, I, I was the Seattle's Porter show, I think is not a good pick, but that's all I got. That's it. Interesting. Okay. I don't know about that one, Chief, but sure. My biggest pet peeve is the Galaxy making the playoffs. I think Chicharito is probably going to get hurt again, and Douglas Costa isn't going to be what everyone thinks he's going to be. So I just don't think they see them scoring goals. And losing the Jets is going to be huge. Fair. Very fair. Yeah, they're, they're going to be a very hit-or-miss team. Either they're going to be incredible or they're going to be – Absolute garbage. If Chicharito stays healthy, they're going to be phenomenal. But I don't trust Chicharito in MLS anymore. Neither do I. And I think Douglas Costa could struggle a little bit, which we've been through in past episodes. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I'm surprised everybody was on board with those picks. I think we've sort of, as we go through these picks, we're going to notice a trend that there's a very big um, talent disparity in the West in that there are very good teams. And then there are really, really bad teams. It's not as even as the East, Um, but who's going next, Josh drew, which one of you are biting the bullet? I'm next on the dock. So I can, I can start us off here. Okay. So we're going to start, start from the bottom and work from the top. Um, Yes. And 14th and dead last, quite possibly dead last in the league. I have Austin, um, yeah, second year, not really a whole lot's gone on there. So I think they'll finish last again. They might finish last in 2021. I don't think a whole lot's going for Austin. New team, new everything. Um, 13th, I have San Jose, which I mentioned a little bit before. Uh, they have a decent roster, but I just think Matias Almeida, like Connor said, this is just kind of his giving up year. I think his contract ends by this year. These guys are just going to run around, kick the ball, and see what happens. I don't think it's going to really work out very well. Uh, I have Houston in 12th and Dallas in 11th. And I kind of want to put these teams together because I don't think they're going to be very good, but I feel if they just have something positive to build on, because they're both in such interesting situations with a bunch of new players, new coaches, new everything going on. So if they just get anything to build on, I think it'll be good, but I don't think they'll be very good this year. So Houston in 12th, Dallas in 11th. Um, I have RSL in 10th. Uh, my justification for that, that is a good one. Yeah, I don't know. You just look at the roster. I don't see one dude that's absolutely phenomenal. Like the talent level just isn't very, very high in RSL. Um, like I mentioned just a second ago, Galaxy in ninth. I don't really think the attack is going to be what we think or hope it's going to be. Um, I hope it's good. I hope those stars tear it up because – they have some big names that would be good for the league, but Chicharito, he got everyone excited at the beginning of the season. Then he got her, and then the Galaxy never really could piece it together. Obviously, Douglas Costa coming in is going to be huge. Um, Kevin Cabral, that's pretty dangerous front three, but I just think health and transitioning to a new league is going to kind of ruin that. I have Portland in eighth. Um, my justification for Portland in eighth, what was I going with? What was going through my head when I did that? How could dare I put the Portland Timbers out of the playoffs? Um <laughs> Yeah, the defense was just really bad last year. Granted, they kind of rode it all the way to hosting MLS Cup, but the defense was pretty meh. Uh, none of their signings really kind of addressed that. They signed a defensive midf- midfielder from, I totally forgot, Big David something, but they made 
assigned to kind of address it, but nothing that really stuck out. I think they're in a goalkeeper weird situation. I don't know if they have a clear cut starting goalkeeper right now. Uh, so I just think the defense is going to be pretty bad again, but this time it's going to cost them. Uh, seventh, this is this is an interesting one. I didn't think it was such a hot take until these guys put their picks in, but I have the Minnesota United Loons in seventh. Uh, the Reynoso thing, you know, I totally forgot about it. I like to forget stars in our league pistol whipping people, so that kind of escaped my mind, but unfortunately that is a real thing. Um, so obviously, however that goes, um, we'll determine a lot of it because he's – by far their best player but yeah i think they'll finish in seventh i don't think they'll be terrible i don't think they will be good um but yeah i'm not gonna doubt adrian heath because he keeps getting down and he keeps proving us wrong so i have minnesota in seventh obviously that could change with Reynoso's situation i have lafc in sixth which feels kind of weird to not put them up high but given just the changing they're going through i think they'll be good and they'll kind of be in a Dallas Houston situation where if they have anything positive to show from this year um, to build on, that'll be really awesome because they have Franco Escobar. They added um, Brian Hollingshead and all these new players are coming in. So really good foundation. I just think that everything changing, they won't be that good, but they'll be pretty good. And 2023, they might be the normal LAFC that we expect. In fifth, beloved Vancouver Whitecaps riding the Vanny Sartini train all the way to MLS Cup, hopefully. Um, Good into last season, and I think they're going to keep it up with good players. Uh, SKC in fourth, I don't doubt SKC. I've learned my lesson as the best team in the Western Conference from last year. I think they will be decent. Uh, the defense is kind of sus. Um, obviously, losing Polito is a big meh, but as we talked about, they kind of address that signing, and they have good players around them. So I think they will be – they won't be the SKC of old. I think they'll be another – make the playoffs, lose like in the second round type situation, which I feel like always happens with SKC. Colorado, I have in third place. Again, they're just one of those teams where, I mean, last year you kind of had a lot of questions about. I don't think any of us, anyone in their right mind, picked the Rapids um, to finish first, but they figured it out. Um, Robin Frazier just figures things out, so I'm not going to doubt him again i think they'll finish in third and second similar to connor i have the wonderful boys in gold nashville finishing in second uh honey mukhtar getting the recognition he deserves walker zimmerman is a stud i think losing alistair johnson is huge but that defense is more than one player i think that's going to stay strong defensively um and then hopefully god i hope ak loba actually decides to play which i hope gary smith decides to play ak loba because paid a lot of money for that guy and he has done nothing. Um, so I've had them in second and in first bold take of the day. Uh, Seattle's winning the West. Yeah, you don't pick against Seattle. That's what I've learned in this this league. So pretty similar to Connor, uh, a couple couple things. But I have Seattle, Nashville, Colorado, SKC, Vancouver, LAFC, and Minnesota making the playoffs in 2022. And the Texas teams, again, struggling, which I think we can all expect at this point. Only real issue I have with yours is I think LAFC could do better. Um, I think the West is kind of crap. Um, and I think their attack could really do a number on it. Uh, their midfield scares me, but I think that's a pretty solid team who's hopefully going to do pretty well under a new manager in Chirundolo. Um Maybe that sort of new input will be a bit of an energy injection that they sort of need 
uh, after so long with Bradley, but yeah, I've all of them are understandable. Maybe Portland in the playoffs, but I don't think. Yeah, maybe Portland in the playoffs. I don't. I don't know. I it seems pretty good with me. I think you're too high on SKC in Minnesota, uh, even Colorado to an extent. But yeah, I mean that's my biggest thing. You're talking about not doubting Sporting Kansas City, but they did miss the playoffs three years ago, two years ago, 2019 season, when they shouldn't have. Never doubt Peter Vermees. I will doubt Peter Vermees. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Minnesota is a tough one to say. I don't know. I think Speaking well, of... That one, that one rides or dies with Reynoso, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of doubting SKC and Reynoso, Minnesota, how about my predictions? They are pretty <laughs> similar to yours, but I do have a couple that I think are a little shocking. Um San Jose in last, like we've been saying, I think it just runs out for Almeida. I'm not even sure if he's going to last the season. I think he might get fired before the season ends. I think they've done a good job of bringing some players. It just won't be enough. Uh, Minnesota, they're going to be bad. They were bad last year. They just happened to be good enough to make the playoffs and to trick people into thinking they were going to be okay, and then they crapped out in the first round. They also barely made it after their horrible start. And again, all the stuff with Reynoso, huge factor. Uh, Houston, I think they will improve from last year, but still a big transition for them. New ownership, a new coach this year. It'll be rough. I think there will be enough potential and promise for them to feel good for next season. Above them, Austin in 11th. They still won't be very good, but they will definitely be better than last year. They brought in some good players. I believe in Josh Wolf's coaching and the system. I think they will be one, maybe two pieces away from threatening for playoffs. And that's something that they'll have to get sorted out next off season or maybe in the summer window. Uh, but we won't see full effects. I think for a little while, Dallas and 10th. Um, I really like the moves they've made. And I do think so the, the team I have here in 10th Dallas, the teams I have in ninth and eighth, which I'll mention in a second, I think any three of these could make the playoffs. I think it's those top 10 that are very um, very separated from the, the bottom four. But Dallas, I love the moves they've made. I am worried about Hollingshead. You know, replacing Pepe is, is going to be tough. Um, but I just – I still don't trust their team outside of their academy, and they haven't leaned all the way into their academy kids. I will say Paxton Pomichol might make a big difference for them this year um, if he's healthy. In ninth, missing the playoffs, I have Colorado a team that is literally playing in Champions League right now. Uh, I don't have them making the playoffs. I think – I just don't think they're going to be able to score enough goals to stay relevant. I think they're downgrading in going – well, no. I don't think they're downgrading. I think it's going to take an adjustment period to go from Kellen Acosta to Mark Anthony K. Um, who else am I worried about with them? I, I think it's going to – What? I think it's going last season. Yeah, but they also still had Kellen Acosta. I think that's just going to mean some shuffling around. And like, obviously, Kay's oh. going to be the guy. Um, Austin Trusty, if he's leaving in the summer, I think that's going to be a bit of a curveball for Colorado, too. But at the end of the day, I don't think they have the goal production needed. 
uh, replacing Cole Bassett as well. That's a question mark going into the season. So I've been missing the playoffs, surprisingly. And then uh, SKC, I don't trust them without Alan Polito. They've tried to replace him in a sense with uh, Vinjevic, like we talked about earlier. Uh, I don't even think they're the same type of player. So I don't know that that necessarily works in the fashion that they might want it to. And yeah, I doubt Peter Vermees in SKC. I've always been a hater of theirs, to be honest. Um, <laughs> as is well documented. In the playoffs in seventh, I have RSL. I don't actually think they will make the playoffs, but I have them in the playoffs because they always <laughs> find a way to sneak into the playoffs with the exception of 2020. Uh, I do believe in Pablo Mastroeni's ability to um, push the right buttons with his team. And I think he will be able to keep doing that to the point where they will make the playoffs. In sixth, I have Vancouver. I'm also a little worried about Sartini. I said it before on the pod, but I don't trust interim managers that get the interim tag taken off. Uh, we've seen regression in the Atlanta Hawks, for example. Um, and so I'm worried about Sartini and RSL. You saw regression with uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer with Manchester United. It just it never it never really works out the way people want want it to. So I'm not fully trusting of Sartini, but they made so many good acquisitions last summer and in the offseason prior to last season. Uh, and I think with competition and guys like Brian White and Lucas Cavallini, it's going to bring out the best in these players. And so I do think Vancouver will make the playoffs as a result. LAFC. They have really good players. That's all it comes down to. It almost doesn't matter who their manager is. I think they're only going to be in fifth because it depends on how healthy and how engaged Carlos Vela is. That's going to be the difference between fifth and second, or maybe even first. Fourth, I have Portland. I am a little worried about them, just like Drew mentioned. I think Connor as well with just getting old and losing players like Diego Valeri. Uh, Andy Polo, who's been with them for a long time as well. Not that he was necessarily a super important player for them on the field, but that's, again, a vet you're losing. I don't know that they'll end up finishing all the way up and forth, but it's Portland. Savarese's done a good job with them the last three years, last four years, however long he's been coaching them. And third, I have Seattle, old trusty. I mean, they're going to be in the playoffs. I would be absolutely shocked if they weren't. It would probably mean the planet is exploding and human race is ending. Um, but I don't think they're going to be in first. They, I mean, that's just how they are. They usually catch fire towards the end of the season. Um, even though this past year is kind of flipped where they had a strong start of the season kind of fizzled out, but either way, they still weren't the top seed. They've like never been, or no, were they in the top seed this past season in the West? No, no Colorado, Colorado was the one. Right. So as good of a season as Seattle had consistently, they still weren't at the top. So I just don't ever see them doing it. And second, I have the LA Galaxy. <laughs> this is, I will admit, a bit of a stretch. I do think for sure they'll make the playoffs. Putting them in second is a bit crazy. But, hey, we've, we've got to go big or go home because none of this matters anyway. Um, I do think Greg Vanny, like, I, I trust him as a coach in MLS, and so I think his tactics and his style is going to take hold a little bit more this year with the Galaxy. I don't even think Douglas Costa or Chicharito will be – that special for the galaxy this year i just think those other players are going to step up even more we're going to see improvements in role players and in younger players as well and then i have national in first um that's also a bit of a wild card i don't feel good at all about putting them in first i don't even really feel that good about putting nashville in the playoffs because they're playing in an entirely different conference they they barely saw any western conference teams last year who knows if their style of play is going to hold up against some of these western conference teams so 
That's my prediction. Let me have it. You are an idiot not putting Seattle <laughs> first. Um, everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, and, and we're, we were all geniuses for putting LAFC in first last year, the team that didn't even make the playoffs, right? Okay. And then Columbus in first on the other conference. That, that too. That too didn't make the playoffs. But, I, but I'm an idiot for not putting them in first. Yes, you are, because the West is terrible. Which is why it makes it even crazier to pick which team's going to be in first. No, because there's one team which is above the rest, and that is Seattle. Nashville. Oh, my God. Nashville, <laughs> are like it goes Seattle one, Nashville two, everybody else. Watch, Nashville's not even going to make the playoffs this year. Relegate Nashville. Am I relegate? I mean, put him <laughs> back in the East. I I can't see that happening. I don't like that pick. I don't like Colorado being that low. I think uh, Fraser is a great coach. And he is. I just don't think Colorado has the talent. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I think LAFC should be a little higher, and I don't know about Portland in fourth. I think you're very up there with Portland in fourth, but what do I know? <laughs> Drew? The Galaxy at two, I think, is a little too high, given I've expressed my concerns. I think that's a little too high. Nashville at one, man, that is that is something. I'm not sure if – I don't share the same concerns about playing the Western Conference. I am interested. So with that new stadium opening up in May, they're going to have they this have crazy long, long road. Yes start the season and that was the one thing they could not win on the road they just kept tying which was fine on the road um uh, i don't know about one a top three i'm not sure about one but that's just pulling hairs i could see them two or three not one uh san jose uh we've talked about minnesota to austin (laughs) it's it's splitting hairs it's splitting hairs or pulling teeth you said pulling hairs Oh, uh, it's just like, oh, what was it? Nodding and shaking your head. Yes. Crap. Oh, man. My whole life is backwards. Um, uh, Austin. I hope Austin is 11th. I just don't want to see a team that bad. I just don't want another FC Cincinnati situation, but I think that's what we're going to get. But my biggest thing is a Galaxy. I don't think they're going to be two. In Nashville, I can, I can vibe with Nashville at one. All right. Well, we've roasted each other. We've given our predictions. Uh, I think the West crew in a conference is going to be easier than the East uh, because the East is a lot more wide open. But yeah, let's do predictions. So for the predictions, what we are going to do is both Josh and Drew have been assigned uh, teams. It's literally rotating. So starting with Drew with Austin, and then next up will be Josh with Colorado, uh, and so on and so forth. We'll do that for each and every team. We're going to do it quickly because this episode's already long, um, and we don't want to keep going forever. Uh, as you can tell, I'm tired. Josh is tired. I'm hungry. Josh is hungry. And Drew probably is both of those things too. Uh, so- I had Taco Bell, man. I'm ready to go. I'm fired up. And Drew's along for the ride. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how long his innards last. Austin, Drew, you're starting us off. Player to watch, uh, or most important player, 
what their goal should be and their biggest storyline. Hit me. Their goal should be to not finish in last, I think is a viable option there. Uh, I think the ceiling for this team is like 10th, 9th-ish. So their goal should not be to finish in last. I think their ceiling is not last, something around there. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, biggest storyline, I mean, second year, right? We've kind of seen some. Most of the time we see teams get better in the second year, but we've also seen Cincinnati consistently stay bad. So if they are terrible for second year, it's like, oh, gosh, do we have the SC Cincinnati in this market that we're so excited about? We have Matthew McConaughey banging the drums, wearing the suits, and if they're really bad for a second year, that's not looking too good. Uh, my player to watch is Max Ruti. He finished with seven goals and four assists last year with – was he with Houston last year? I don't know. But that would have yeah. led the – yeah, cool. So if he was on Austin last year and put up those stats, that would have led the team or been tied for the team leading goals and assists. So he's put up production and that's what Austin needs. So I think he's going to be the player to watch new team, very young team. And please just don't finish in last MLS needs you to be at least bearable to watch. Drew, not Drew, Josh, tell us about Colorado. Yeah. So for Colorado, I think their most important player uh, going to the season is going to be Mark Anthony K. Like I mentioned Earlier when talking about them uh, not making the playoffs, at least in my prediction, I think there is going to be a bit of a transition going from Kellen Acosta to Mark Anthony K. Um, I don't even know if they'll end up playing the same positions or what, but he's definitely going to be the biggest, especially since Colorado did not bring in any sort of major designated player to help in the attack. For them, I think success is going to be silverware. They made a statement last year in winning the Western Conference hosting a playoff game. They're in CCL right now. So for them, that bar is set. They've made playoffs now two years in a row, so that's not good enough. Then they have to uh, have something to show for it, whether it's CCL somehow or MLS Cup or U.S. Open Cup. And then I think the biggest storyline for them this uh, season is going to be can they survive the losses of some of their homegrown talent. Um, they did go a half a season without left back Sam Vines. And I think they were, they were coping pretty well without him, but now they've got to go without Cole Bassett. And then at some point they'll be losing Austin trustee. I have a feeling his loan back to the Rapids, which is what it is right now might get actually, has it been extended for the whole season or is it just the half season? I think he's supposed to join Arsenal in quotes, because he's definitely getting it loaned out uh, yeah. in the summer. And when that happens, can they replace trusty as well? So I'm curious to see how Colorado will handle some of those major losses. And again, lack of designated players that they've, they've really brought in. Fair. Drew, we're going to keep you in Texas. Tell us about Dallas. Dallas, another team similar, uh, not really similar to Austin. I think their goal again, however, be better than last year. I don't really see them making the playoffs. And kind of like I mentioned with my prediction, they have a lot of new things going on. So I think as long as they just have something to build upon for 2023, I think should be their goal. Um, I think they're big. Obviously the big storyline is going to be, what do you do without Ricardo Pepe? Um, and while these new transfers, which brings me to my important player, I think it's going to be Jesus Ferreira um, as he's going to try and get, Paul Ariola and Velasco, I think it was the other guy's name they brought in. Um, get those guys kind of custom. They're going to be playing on the wings. Yeah, Jesus Ferrer in the middle. So he's not going to be a Ricardo Pepe replacement. I don't think 
you're not going to replace that level of production. Obviously, he's kind of a one every now and then type player. But how are they going to replace Pepe? And as long as they have something positive to build on, I think that's going to be good signs for Dallas in 2022, leading into 2023. So don't finish in last. Kind of hang out that 9-10 spot. Things are looking good for 2023, especially getting these new players accustomed to. If they look have any signs of life in them, that's a good sign for 2023. All right. Josh, your turn in Texas. Let's finish them up. Yep, with uh, Houston Dynamo. Uh, another Ferreira as most important player. This one is Sebastian Ferreira, the reportedly record-breaking uh, signing for Houston franchise record, I should say. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be the most important player, I think. he's as, as he goes, so does the team. They've brought in some other decent players, but he's going to be the biggest one. I think the bar for them this year is going to be playoffs. You've got new ownership. You've got a new head coach. Um, with all these new pieces being added in and with this club undergoing pretty big transition, playoffs is definitely going to be the bar. And then the biggest storyline is basically all of that transition, especially new coach Pablo Nagamura. Um, I am very curious to see what kind of success he can conjure up in his first season. I think as the league progresses, it gets harder for early success, whether that's a new coach or a new team, like an expansion team um, or new ownership. And so that's going to be, I think, the biggest thing to watch for with Houston. Just how soon can they find success? All right. True. You are taking LAFC. What should we know about them? Uh, yeah, I think my kind of ceiling success for them is making the playoffs. I don't think I'm on the trophy bandwagon just yet because of how new everything is um, with new coaches, new coach, new players and everything. So I think their ceiling is playoffs. Um, who did I say was their most? Yeah, Kellen Acosta um, trying to fill Atuesta's shoes. I think that's going to be tough. So it'll be interesting to see how he fills in with LAFC. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of similar Houston and Dallas, but in a better sense, just have something to build on going into 2023 with a new coach, but they have higher standards at LAFC than Dallas and Houston. I mean, making the playoffs is almost is, is expected at LAFC, especially after not making it last year when it seemed like the whole world was picking you to win the shield and win MLS cup. So I think they'll make the playoffs. I think that is what they should expect as success and given everything. Um, but again, I mean, I think 2023 LAFC is going to be back to the normal team we have gotten used to seeing. And as long as they have any signs of rebuilding in air quotes, um, I think that's going to be good for them. So they'll be good. They'll make the playoffs. But I think that's as far as they go with all this new stuff going on. All right. Drew, keep it. Not Drew. Josh, keep <laughs> us in L.A. by telling us about the Galaxy. Right, so LA Galaxy obviously looking to get back into the playoffs after missing the last two years now, at least this past year. Uh, so the most important player for them, pretty obvious one, it's got to be Chicharito. Uh, if he's successful having a good season, then chances are the Galaxy are going to be doing really well. As for their success, because it's the Galaxy, they're going to have high expectations. Just making the playoffs might be good enough, but I'm going to say it's not. Therefore, they need a deep playoff run. They need to get back into relevance. They got to win some silverware. Uh, they need to show why they're the team in LA, not LAFC, who have kind of uh, stolen the spotlight from them the last few seasons. And for them, I think the biggest storyline is, will their designated players hit? 
Kevin Cabral was a bit of a disappointment in his first season, which is fine. We've seen for a lot of players, it takes about a year or a season to adjust to the league. So hopefully Cabral will be much better this year. And then of course, all eyes on Douglas Costa joining the team as well. How influential can he be in his first season? Personally, I'm skeptical, which is why I think it's really, really important to see um, how their designated players do this season. All right, Drew, tell us about Minnesota. Yes, the Loons. Yeah, I think their um, ceiling kind of expectation will be playoffs. I have them in the playoffs, but maybe that's not as highly expected by other people. But yeah, I have them. The kind of their goal would be to make the playoffs. Um, yeah, I think obviously the big storyline is going to be Reynoso kind of around it. So this is assuming he gets to play, which obviously we are still waiting to see. But um, seeing how he creates chances, can he keep up what he's doing? So therefore, my important player is not Reynoso because I think he's going to be his normal self dishing out assists all the time, but it's going to be Adrian Hunu. That's how I pronounce his name. Um, finishing those chances off. I think that's going to be important. If someone can finish these chances Reynoso is creating, I think that will be important for them making the playoffs, which is where I think that's their ceiling. That's what they should be expecting. They're not at a trophy level yet, but make the playoffs as that five, six, seven-ish seed. I think it'll be successful seasons for them, the loons. All right. We're doing this by making total complete sense and not giving Drew any of his favorite teams. <laughs> so, Josh, tell us about Nashville. Yep. Nashville, uh, most important player, going to go with Walker Zimmerman, another kind of obvious one there. Uh, he's their captain. And uh, his success is going to influence the team a lot this year. For them, the goal and the success, I should say, for Nashville this season, silverware. They've proven they can handle the regular season really well as they've made the playoffs in both of their first two seasons. Uh, they've made deep runs both of those years. And last year, they ended up finishing, what, second or third in the Eastern Conference. So for them, the next step is winning some sort of trophy, whether it's Open Cup or um, Supporter Shield or MLS Cup whatever it is. And I guess they're going to be leagues cup participants this year. So that's also on the table. And then the biggest storyline, the biggest thing to watch for, for them, I think is how will they adjust to being in the Western conference? They were originally supposed to be in the West when they started back in 2020. Of course, things changed with the pandemic and some sort of realignment. They stayed in the East last year, did really well. Again, they finished second. So I'm curious to see how they'll match up against the West. A big reason for that too, travel. They are more East than Chicago, if that gives you any sort of perspective. And Chicago's in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I saw some sort of stat that with Nashville's travels this year, they'll if you added up all of their mileage, it would be uh, you'd be able to go around the world one and a half times. So Whoa. they will be traveling a lot compared to the Western counterparts. So I'm curious how to uh, how the team will adjust in in with those travels and being in a new conference. In addition to that, though, Ake Loba, is he going to impact the team? Nashville has been just fine without having three successful DPs, but if Loba can step it up and have a good season, that will make a huge difference for Nashville this year. Yeah, I didn't even realize or I didn't even think about the travel element. That's very interesting. Drew, you're next up by talking about Portland. 
Portland, yes. Uh, after hosting MLS Cup, unfortunately losing, I think Portland's goal should be, again, just to make the playoffs. They're not in a trophy contending. Well, yeah, just to make the playoffs. I'm not expecting trophies to happen yet. Obviously, losing Diego Valeri is a huge deal. Um, I think make the playoffs four, five-ish seed type thing I think will be enough. Now, granted, Rose, Portland fans are going to want trophies just because that's how – those supporters are, they expect a lot out of their club. But I think realistically, I think just making the playoffs is a good standard there. Um, my big storyline is, is the defense going to not be terrible? Um, that was a big storyline going into the playoffs. They kind of fixed it up and went all the way to hosting MLS Cup, where I think most people were expecting them to win. But can you ride that again to having a good, successful season? Um, they signed David Ayala, which is his name. It was like $3.6 million, which kind of addresses that as a defensive midfielder, but still not totally addresses it. So I think he's going to be a big player to watch. How is he going to adjust to the league? How is he going to help the team's defense? Um, and obviously, yeah, I mean, just the difference of not having David Leary and Andy Polo there. Um, that's going to be something to follow. So a lot of new pieces, some kind of names we've grown familiar with, with the Portland Timbers not being there. Defense has been sus last year and see if anything can make that any better. But I think playoffs is what Portland should expect. I don't think they're at a trophy level this year. All right, Josh, RSL, what do we need to know? Their most important player this year, I think is going to end up being Demir Krylock. Uh, I will say though, a little caveat, if they end up getting, is it, Grazo, I believe is his name. Uh, that Colombian midfielder they were linked to, the defensive midfielder. If they oh, end up signing him from Saudi Arabia, yes, from uh, was it Al Halal? Yeah, if they end up signing that defensive midfielder, I think he will probably end up being their most important player, to be honest. But for now, Krylock, he's been super crucial to them the last few years. The bar for RSL, of course, is making the playoffs. Um, ideally, another deep run. I think for them, I don't know if they're quite ready to contend for silverware and just like Houston, they're undergoing lots of change, having a new ownership group, and it might take some time for where the team to really feel the effects of that. But playoffs is definitely the bar. And then that's really the main storyline is can they build off of the crazy momentum they had in the playoffs when they made it all the way to the conference final? And can they take advantage of having new ownership, having lots of financial support, uh, there's no doubt that RSL will end up adding some players, I think, in the summer or as the season progresses. And so, again, will the team be able to take advantage of all this newness, despite it being lots of transition for them? All right. Drew, your second last team, San Jose. Yes, the beloved San Jose Earthquakes. I think their goal should just be not to finish in last. Um, yeah, not a lot of high standards for San Jose. But I think a big storyline, right, is going to be Matias Almeida. This is the last year on his contract. I think most people are just assuming that he is not going to return, just given this has been a not that successful of a stint at San Jose. And, yeah, you know, this again, like I said, this roster is pretty good, but I don't think it's going to work out. So I think that's going to be a storyline, just Matias Almeida's status throughout this whole season. Um, so I think – a player to watch, you know, there, that's the frustrating thing. There are a lot of good players that aren't terrible on San Jose. Um, but I'm going to say, I'll say Jameer Montero. 
I think having him come over, big experience, he's won with Philadelphia. Can he bring that winning experience to a totally different, well, not a totally different system given the press that we've talked about, but new team, new club, new manager. Can he bring any ounce of that winning to them? Um, so I think he's going to be a big player for them. And I think the storyline to follow is just going to be Matias Almeida. What is that situation like? I feel like when we get about July or something, when it's kind of started to set in stone, that San Jose is not going to be very good. Then the uh, Almeida out rumors will begin to swirl around if they hadn't already. So I think he's going to be a big storyline to follow his status as San Jose manager. All right. Somebody who's definitely secure in their position is uh, current manager of Seattle, who Drew is going to, not Drew, Josh is going to tell you more about. Yeah. So despite not finishing first in the West, uh, their most important player, a little, a little underrated, I think, Zhao Paulo. Um, he really stepped up for them in a big way last year. And as important as Nico Ladero is, um, as big as the signing of Rusnak is for them this upcoming season, the return of Jordan Morris from injury, I think Zhao Paulo is going to be their most important player. Um, if he's playing at the same level he did last year, Seattle will be successful no matter what happens with the rest of those guys. As always, the goal, the bar for success for Seattle, silverware. They're going to do their best to get back to MLS Cup after getting knocked out the first round of playoffs last year. Um, they're clearly trying to win CCL, just looking at their first starting lineup of the tournament tonight. So silverware is going to be the bar for them. And the storyline to watch, I think, is going to be the, the tactics of the team. They switched to a 3-4-2-1, 3-4-1-2 last year uh, because of Jordan Morris's absence. They really relied on their wingbacks to provide um, chances for the team. Morris is back. Brad Smith is gone. He's now with DC. So you've lost that sort of wingback edge. And even tonight, their first lineup is being shown as a 4-2-3-1. So I am interested to see how that change is going to affect Seattle this year. And if they can take advantage of the wealth of talent that they have. Also, in addition to switching to the 4-2-3-1, how much of their youth players will they start to integrate into the team? 16-year-old starting for them at defensive midfield tonight. Interesting. Drew, you are wrapping up your previews with SKC. Yes, yeah, I think I'm a little higher on SKC than you guys are, as we talked about earlier, but I think they're kind of lying what they could expect from the season is trophy, silverware, whether it's Open Cup, MLS Cup, or honestly just finishing first in the Western Conference. I don't know. Do you get a trophy for finishing first in the West? I don't think you do. Uh, but you get a CCL spot, I'm pretty sure. You get a CCL spot. Those are just as fun as trophies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's kind of the standard SKC has set. Obviously, with last year being so good and falling short, I think they're just disappointed in that. Um, I think the big storyline is going to be life without Alan Polito. Um, we've talked a lot about that new transfer they have coming in. But yeah, I think that's going to be the storyline them scoring goals. How can they do it? without one of their best players. So I think a player to keep an eye on to help counteract that is going to be Johnny Russell. We've seen, seen him tear it up across many years in this league. You know what shallow we can do. I think they were both kind of up there as far as the goal-scoring leaders go last year. So I think they'll kind of need to be those consistent presence on the wings while their new transfer, um, Nicola, I think, yes, uh, comes in and gets transitioned to the team. So I think he's going to be a player to watch as SKC looks for trophies because I think that's kind of the bar they've set for themselves after the successful last season. The defense is kind of sus. 
Um, but I think I think they'll be just fine. I think they'll be looking for trophies coming in 2022. All right, Josh, wrap us up with another one of Drew's favorite teams, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Good job for them last season and making the playoffs going forward. I think their most important player is going to be Ryan gold. Uh, he was an important addition for them in the summer and was already starting to have a major effect and especially his partnership with Brian white. Uh, but now we're going to get to see a full season of him. And I think his influence is going to be felt um, or lack of influence. If he's not doing very well for Vancouver playoffs, again, is the bar, especially after making it last year. Now it's time for them to at least advance past the first run, maybe make a deep run. I do think silverware is maybe out of reach since we're going to get uh, Sartini in his first full season, guys like Gauld, Brian White, their first full seasons with the team as well. So playoffs is the goal. Definitely want to go as far as they can. Uh, and then my big thing to watch this year is can they build off of that momentum from the end of last season? Can Fanny Sartini succeed as permanent manager? And will all their many, many moves pay off? They also lost Maxime Crepeau. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with their goalkeeper situation because he was very good for them. So that's what I'll be keeping my eye on. Can they build off that momentum? Uh, can they continue to succeed with Sartini as permanent manager and with many signings they've made over the last uh, couple of transfer windows? All right. We got through that pretty quickly. Well done, gents. Um, that's our West preview. We're going to do the same thing, exact same thing next week for the East, uh, which will be a lot more difficult because teams are a lot better there in my humble opinion. Uh, but unless any, either of you have anything else you want to add, Drew, I think you can take the honor as always of bringing us out. Yes. Thank you guys so much as always for listening to our ramblings about MLS as we get closer and closer to the regular season, starting as the CONCACAF Champions League currently is happening right now. So super excited that soccer is on its way back and is already back for some teams. Um, as always, visit the website MLSmultiplex.com. As the season does return, our team of riders is going to be cranking out content to keep you up to date with the season. As it happens, you can follow the website on Twitter at MLS Multiplex to see stories as they get posted. You can find us on Twitter, myself at underscore Drew Hubbard, Connor at CWG Somerville, and Josh at Josh underscore Boland to find us on the Twitterverse to see all of our fun takes as soccer happens. Um, as always, please leave a review on the podcast. We love hearing ways of how we can get better and improve. We love hearing feedback from everyone. So thank you guys again so much for listening. Like Connor said, be sure to tune in next week as we talk about the Wild Eastern Conference and some more beloved teams as TFC and Atlanta United. So be sure to tune in next week as we talk about the East. And thanks again, and we will talk to you then. Thank you for listening to the MLS Multiplex podcast. Check out all of the contributors' written work at MLSMultiplex.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. 
every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.